Welcome to You Heard It Here First, helping you discover the best that Audible has to offer. I'm your host, Imriel Morgan, and I'm back. Yes, that's right, back with honest opinions about the best books, podcasts, plays, and more that you can find on Audible. Plus, we'll get to hear about some of your favorite books too. Be sure to stay tuned for the genre corner at the end of the show. Just so you know, this episode features a clip that contains sexual references. Let's get started. First up is our featured customer review. Each week, I'll be searching through the Audible website to hear what you've got to say about your favourite releases. This week, our review comes from Jay Smith for Sentence to Troll by S.L. Rowland, narrated by Eric Martin. The story follows a man named Chad as he is punished for his online trolling behaviour using immersion therapy. For his endless trolling in real life, he's forced to play as the most hated race in the Isle of Mythos so that he can finally experience what it's like to be on the other side. Jay Smith left a five-star review for this literary role-play game. By the way, we weren't sure if you were a man or a woman, so we've picked a voice for you. To troll or not to troll? Well, to troll, obviously, because this was a great listen. The story is filled to the brim with action and adventure, and it's just such an easy book to become absorbed in. I was thoroughly disappointed when it came to an end. I think as long as you enjoy fantasy, then no matter your age, you'll enjoy this book. A great adventure story in its own right, even before the narrator's great performance is thrown in the mix. Thanks, Jay Smith, for that review. And good news, there's a sequel too. Fancy giving Sentence to Troll by S.L. Rowland a go? You can find it by searching on the Audible website or app. Next, it's time to hear about our featured new release. This week, I've chosen a new podcast from Audible that I could not get enough of. It's called The Sun King, and it's presented by David Dimbleby. Where to begin with this chestnut? Well, let's start with Dimbleby. He's certainly a national treasure, and he will not disappoint you with this deep dive into Rupert Murdoch's rise to infamy. It's an action-packed podcast that seeks to lift the lid on the infamous media mogul. This fascinating six-parter reveals how Murdoch built his empire. The story starts in Australia, where Rupert Murdoch inherited his father's newspaper business. From there, we hear about his expansion in the UK, where he bought the News of the World, The Sun and The Times. After disrupting the UK news, he set his sights on the US. He quickly acquired the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal and even went on to found Fox News. I adored this podcast because it is full of surprises. Episode to episode, I was genuinely taken aback by the story. There's a fantastic episode on Sharon Shoesmith. She's the former director of child services in the infamous Baby P case. Baby P was a 17-month-old who died in London after suffering more than 50 injuries. Hear her recount the moment the son ripped her life apart. Again, I felt, it's my home, I'm going in, I'm not running, I'm not running. People were saying, go to Heathrow, get on an aeroplane. I said, no, I'm not running. I'm going, I'm going to my home. But things just got worse from there on. And the police came that night and they brought their people to screw down all, all my windows down. They put, you know, screws into every window, sash window, so they couldn't open. So we lived in a lot of fear, I have to say, you know, um, but... Each day you think it's going to stop, you know, it'll, it'll come to an end. People will say, oh, they'll move on. You know, something else will happen, they'll move on. Um, but they didn't really move on. 
And the podcast wasn't just to look through Rupert Murdoch's history. For example, they look at what it was like to live in New York in a time rife with crime. For Murdoch, the city's tragedies made the perfect tabloid stories. And trust me when I say his journalists would stop at nothing to get a scoop. The podcast is jam-packed with loads of great interviews. We hear from a whole host of people, from former editors to one of the first Page 3 Girls photographed for The Sun. And also, that's why it works so well as a podcast and not a book. There's something about hearing their voices which makes it so much better. But I think one thing that makes it so good is its presenter, David Dimbleby. The former host of Question Time brings a sort of David Attenborough vibe to the show. But it's not a ruthless pack of animals you're observing. It's the relentless battle to become a media kingpin. Not only that, David was actually working as a journalist at the time of Murdoch's rise. And I think this makes a huge difference. It's great to hear him chip in with his own experiences, especially as he's had the chance to meet Murdoch himself. While sometimes this makes me doubt how trustworthy he is as a narrator, overall, he really won me over. I think you'll love this if you enjoy a deep dive into somebody's life or a look behind the curtain into someone's past. I'm not a fan of Murdoch, so I wasn't sure I'd enjoy it, but I quickly became absolutely fascinated and I think you will too. The Sun King, presented by David Dimbleby, is available to download from Audible. Hey, are you still with me? I'd like to welcome you to the section of the show where I get to talk about our hidden gem. This week, I've chosen Prisoners of Geography by Tim Marshall. This audiobook has been an absolute godsend for me, and here's why. I'm what many might call disillusioned with the current political and economic climate. So much so, I basically turn away from the news and prefer to escape into an audiobook or podcast. As delightful as that's been, I'm now massively behind on world affairs and this book has sorted me right out. Now bear with me. Tim describes in great detail how geography has impacted everything from how countries trade to their political systems. I was hooked from the very first chapter on Russia. Tim explains the history of conflict in the country and why it's been desperate to gain territory. And if that hasn't piqued your interest, what about if I told you that the book covers everything from why countries with no trees don't have a navy, right through to the Palestinian and Israeli conflict in the Middle East. It's an absolutely wonderful summary of the world and its leaders' antics for the curiously uninformed. Now, I'm not going to say it's the most engaging lesson. It is essentially 10 hours of history, geography and politics lectures. But the narration does help keep it interesting. The descriptions of places are vivid and detailed and they help you stay focused as your brain gets crammed with facts. If you're keen to understand why certain countries don't get on or you're curious about the rise of nationalism in the world, this book will set you up with a solid foundation and a new perspective on world events. I feel 10 times brighter having listened to it. So do I think it was worth it? Absolutely. I went from watching zero news to signing up for the New York Times daily briefing to now having a monthly subscription because it's reignited my interest in world affairs. Here's one of my favourite bits from the book narrated by Rick Jerome. Chapter 3. USA. The size of Canada, and to a lesser extent Mexico, is also an asset. As any hostile power attempting to invade by going through these countries would have incredibly long supply lines. Equally important in modern times is that anyone stupid enough to contemplate invading America would soon be forced to reflect on the fact that it contains hundreds of millions of guns, 
readily available to a population that takes its life, liberty and pursuit of happiness very seriously. Like what you've heard? You can find Prisoners of Geography by Tim Marshall by searching for it on the Audible website. Here on You Heard It Here First, we want to show you a whole bunch of brilliant audio, and I've enlisted the help of some of Audible's editors to do just that. First up today is Robin Morgan Bentley. Hi, Robin. Hi, Emil. Let's get to know you a bit. What is it that you love about audiobooks? I love listening to audiobooks, particularly when they're told in the first person. I feel like whether that's uh, in non-fiction, if it's a memoir, or if in fiction, if it's just a first-person narrative, I feel like there's no better way to hear a story than to have the person directly in your ear speaking to you. I agree. Nice and intimate, getting to know them. What are you recommending this week? So I picked Platform 7 by Louise Doughty. I think a lot of people might have heard of Louise Doughty from Apple Tree Yard. So that was a thriller that she wrote a few years ago that uh, lots of people read and listened to. And then there was also a TV series on the BBC with uh, Emily Watson, I think it was. So... Already I knew that I was a big fan of her writing and she's written a few other things since. So when I heard Platform 7 was coming out, I thought I'm going to have to give this one a listen. It's a psychological thriller and I loved it. Could you tell us a bit more about the story? Sure. Without spoilers, obviously. Well, so there's one thing I'm going to tell you about the story that sounds like it's a massive spoiler, but I promise you it's not. (laughs) So what's really unique about Platform 7 is that the story is told largely from uh, a character who is dead. Um, and you find that out very, very close to the beginning. So don't worry, I promise you that's not a spoiler. Her name's Lisa. You know that she's already dead. And she's on a platform at a train station in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And you find out about her life and the circumstances that led to her death and all the different people involved in that. What is it that you love so much about this? I think this is a book that deals very sensitively with some difficult subject matter. So Lisa's had a very hard time. There are themes of domestic abuse, coercive control, and it's a kind of topic that needs to be dealt with sensitively, needs to be written with authenticity. And listening to the story, it was hard at times, but I also felt like I was learning about difficult situations and situations that women in particular can find themselves in. Yeah, I listened to some of the book and Mm -hmm. found the whole situation that unfolds in the very beginning of the book without giving away too many Mm. spoilers. That's really hard to read Mm. and really hard to, I guess, comprehend how that affects all the different players in the book very early on. Because it is, it's a really heavy subject. Yeah, but then I also think that there's some real light relief in it as well. So one of the things I loved is all the different characters at the train station. So there's a guy called Dalmar who is involved as well. And I think Louise paints the characters really, really well. And you get a sense of uh, a very diverse, exciting, funny, unusual group of people that congregate at the the train station as well. So it's not all as bleak as it might sound. Yeah, (laughs) Maybe I should push for yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, this is this is a bit much. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about this. Yeah. Was there anything in the book that you didn't like so much? I have to say it took me a little bit of time to get into it. I had to listen to, I think by about chapter three, I was really hooked in. I think that's kind of normal, though. You kind of have to get into the world and understand the rules that are being played in this particular world. I think it's the same with like a TV series as well. Like Mm -hmm. Very rarely you watch the first episode and you're immediately hooked. I think you kind of need to be invited in and take a bit of time to settle. And I definitely felt that with this audiobook. I kind of needed to understand the rules of the game before I properly enjoyed it. Okay. 
And could you tell us more about the main character and her journey in this story? Yeah, I think what's really unique about uh, this character and where she sits within the book is that she's, in some senses, as ignorant as the reader or listener at the start, in that she's trying to discover things about what happened to her and the situation she's found herself in. And so as we're listening, we're going on the same journey as the character herself and kind of getting some answers. Nice. Were there any bits of the book that you really loved and thought were excellently done? The description of the place was really familiar to me. Like, maybe people listening can imagine, like, a rainy, cold, dark train station in the UK. I mean, we've all, like, done these big train journeys where you have to change somewhere and you have to wait for 25 minutes for the next train and it's a bit dodgy and a bit dark and a bit um, <laughs> a bit miserable. And I think uh, Louise paints that really well. I think I was reading that it's at a Peterborough station and it's a station that she changes at a lot. So I love the sort of vacation of that kind of very British uh, mm-hmm. moment that I think a lot of us can relate to. Yeah, I think she did capture how mundane but also weirdly exciting a train station can be. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, with the incident that happens, like how quickly these things just transition and people get on with their days. Yeah, it was really well done. I really quite like it. Yeah, that. it's scary to think about that, isn't it? Because if you live in London, you go on the underground every day and if something bad does happen that person's world is affected and the people around them but everyone else just kind of carries on their journey yeah, to work and we're very sheltered from it yeah exactly so i like the familiarity of it basically were there any bits which didn't quite live up to the rest of the book i want to talk about the ending but i'm not going to because i don't want to spoil it for everybody i'd be interested to hear what other people think of the ending let's put it that way Ooh, thanks robin platform seven by louise doughty was robin's pick this week Louise took her research for this book seriously. In fact, she spent lots of time at Peterborough Station where it's set. She says the curious staff would ask her about the book and then back away from her a bit alarmed. Up next, I'm joined by Frances Earlham. Frances, can you tell us more about what you do here at Audible? I work in the content discovery team. So we're basically here to help our members find their next listen. I'm the one that kind of sends you the emails that puts the content on site into features, collates lists. So hopefully it's been useful. So like the text version of what we're doing here. Yeah, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Now you've picked a hidden gem. What have you gone for? So I've actually gone for a podcast. It's called Slaving Away. Um, Mm. And it's by Miranda Kane. What's it about? It's about a a dominatrix. Sure. But it's a (laughs) piece of fiction. Uh, So Miranda is a comedian, Mm. um, but she's a former sex worker. So she's turned some of her experiences into a very, very funny podcast. But it basically tells the story of her working as a, well, she she becomes a fictional character in this, obviously, but um, she is a dominatrix with a dungeon in the shared flat, um, <laughs> uh, and basically tells us all the crazy things that can happen as a dominatrix. Can you tell us about some of the characters in the podcast? So there's flatmate Dan, who I think Miranda is a little bit in love with. Yeah, I can totally see that from the little bit I listen to. Yes, um, and he just seems like a really cool flatmate. Like, he actually is quite caring about her. And I thought back to some of the flatmates that I've had, and I've had some wonderful flatmates. But this is like, if I was to have a flatmate now, Dan would be it. Maybe not Miranda, she's a bit crazy. Um, she's also 
doing crazy things with people yes. in a dungeon. In a dungeon, in their flat. <laughs> um, there's Mistress Levine, who kind of appears in the first series and um, is, I guess, a competitor. Mm-hmm. In this series, in the first series, she's learning to drive. All right. How does that go? <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly well at first, but she does have a client called the Brigadier who helps out on this front. I am familiar with the Brigadier. Yep. <laughs> he, he's a wonderful, wonderful character. He is a guy who's ex-army. Um, he's he's quite old. He comes across, I guess, as quite posh. And he appears quite, um, quite charming. He knows how to treat a lady. And yet he also, in some episodes, comes across as quite warm and almost like a friend to Miranda, really. And he just recurs throughout series he's in almost every episode oh as a really good friend to miranda yeah but there's also a whole lineup of her clients that request weird and wonderful things mm. <laughs> and i'll leave that to your imagination yes there are some um interesting scenes that would really make you laugh out loud on a bicycle and nearly crash into a bus or you know just cringe internally at some yes. of the requests because they are really out there. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's what you expect, I suppose, that you request from a dominatrix. Did you know much about Miranda Kane before you listened? I knew nothing about Miranda Kane. Um, I think actually probably the cover art made me want to listen to it. Oh, how interesting. Could you describe it? <laughs> yes, so the cover art is um, a pair of legs kicked up in the air and I just thought, this looks interesting. It's not like any of the podcasts that I've kind of looked at before. Mm-hmm. And actually, I properly love Miranda Kane now. Like, I'm a little bit obsessed with Miranda Kane. Was there uh, anything that you weren't so keen on? The only thing that I really don't like is that it's only six episodes long. So it's three hours that will, I guess, keep you going almost over a week's worth of commuting mm-hmm. if you're listening to it um, to and from work. But you do have series two. It's another three hours so yeah, I guess it's just, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to keep laughing. Thanks, Francis. And I think Slaving Away is so funny, I couldn't move on without playing you a clip. But just to warn you, some of it's of a sexual nature. When I started sex work, I'm going to be totally honest and say that I didn't think there was going to be so much admin involved. From promoting your website to creating a good first impression on your voicemail, it's all about marketing. It gives a whole new meaning to the term sell yourself. You see, while sitting on my arse all day doesn't pay the bills, ironically, sitting my arse on someone else does. Remember, you can find the book and the podcast recommended by the editors on the Audible website or on the app. Like what you're listening to? Leave us a rating or review on your favourite podcast app now. If you haven't already noticed, we're recommending lots of audio goodness here on You Heard It Here First. Audible Sessions is another podcast from the Audible team where they bring in some of your favourite authors to talk about their new releases and exciting new projects. And this week I've chosen a clip from Emma Dabbery's interview. Emma Dabbery is the author of Don't Touch My Hair. She has written extensively about the politics of race as a journalist and she chatted to Holly Newson about the pre-colonial perceptions of Afro hair, slavery and cultural appropriation. There's one story that I look at in the book that is about a town in Colombia. It's the first independent 
town in the whole of the Americas that has independence from any of the European crowns. So it's of historical importance for that alone. What makes it more interesting is this first free town was founded by black Africans, formerly enslaved people. One of the things that facilitated them in being able to get to this town successfully was mapping that was communicated through people's hairstyles. Women, generally, would braid maps into people's hair to direct them as to where they needed to get to on the next stage of the journey. They would also communicate in other ways through their hair. Um, there's one hairstyle I looked at that is divided into um, groups of four. And based on where they're situated on the head, it would communicate, oh, four people will be leaving together and they'll be leaving from this particular place. And all of this information was kind of hiding in plain sight in the hairstyles. The Spanish were illiterate in reading this yeah. this language, so had no idea that part of what was facilitating this kind of huge exodus of people was um, the information that was being communicated through their hair. This might be one of my favourite Audible sessions because I really thought I knew Afro hair and the history of it, but clearly I knew nothing. And Holly asks a really fantastic question about the mapping. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it was in a book. I didn't know you could even find out that information. So I'm really curious about it. I really liked this Emma Dabbery interview, actually, because in the episode, she does talk about cultural appropriation. So that's something you should really check out if you want to learn more about why people get really upset about white people having cane rows and things like that. Like it becomes a really huge topic and a lot of people don't really understand it. And she does a fantastic job of breaking that down in this Audible session. If you want to find out more about Emma Dabbery and her book, Don't Touch My Hair, you can find the full interview on Audible. And finally, it's time to take a trip to our genre corner. We've been sharing some of our Audible favourites, but now it's time to hear from you. Each week, we'll hear voice notes from you telling us about your favourite audiobooks, podcasts and plays that you can find on Audible. Maybe you love an edge-of-your-seat crime thriller or a side-splitting comedy. Well, now's your chance to let us know. Last week, we featured a young adult recommendation from Sydney. But this week, it's something a little different. Here's Kobe to tell us about his sci-fi pick. Hi everyone, this is Kobe. The audiobook that I recommend everyone to listen to first is Max Brooks's World War Z, uh, which kind of takes you through a zombie apocalypse starting from kind of patient zero and kind of tells the story of how it spreads out across the world. And what's really, really good about this audiobook in particular is that each chapter is narrated by a different person, which gives a great opportunity to get lots of different voice casts and different actors and different kind of timbres into the audiobook. And it was really, really informative for me to then uh, carry on listening to audiobooks going forward, which is one of my favourite pastimes, as well as listening to podcasts. So I recommend heartily World War Z by Max Brooks. Ooh, thanks, Kobe. I can't wait to get stuck into that. World War Z by Max Brooks is available on the Audible website or on the app. We're loving all of your recommendations, so please keep sending them in. Remember, this is your chance to get your favourite audio recommended on You Heard It Here First. Send us a 90-second clip telling us why your favourite listen should be the next bit of audio on everybody's hit list and you might get featured here. Just record a voice note on your phone and email it over to us on yhihf at audible.co.uk. That's the first letters of You Heard It Here First. But remember... 
Keep this a spoiler-free zone. And that's all for this week's You Heard It Here First. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about all the audio excellence that Audible has to offer. Now's your chance to go and listen to some amazing audiobooks on the Audible website. And don't forget to send us your book reviews for Genre Corner. You've been listening to You Heard It Here First, an Audible original produced by Content is Queen, presented by me, Imriel Morgan, and featuring Robin Morgan Bentley and Francis Erlen. It was produced by Ellie Clifford. Original music was by Seth Bradford. For Audible, the executive producer was Holly Newson. The production executive was Hayley Nathan. And the commissioning editor was Kent DePinto. Pinto.